And uh, if you haven't ever seen his horses and what they do, get with Jeff sometimes. Find out what they do because they are world champions every year. And, uh, man, when they, they pull on the lot with their horses, people say, oh, no, State and Farms is here again. So that's just awesome. But get with him, and he'll be glad to show you his horses. Go out to his barn. It's a, it is really a neat experience. Take your children out there, but check with him first, of course. Amen. Praise God. It's been an awesome week. It's been a heartbreaking week. Part of it, though, we uh, John and I got to make some a uh, couple of home visits. And uh, guys, I'm telling you, when you see these kids up here, you see some of the homes they're having to come out of. And the living conditions some of them are having to live in. It makes the 30-some people that worked for a one-day Bible school, it makes it all worthwhile to know they can come. And you didn't see it, but the little girl that was last going out just now, she hugged me, and I know what what she has to live with. And then she said, you're the best pastor ever. You know... But it's not me, it's you guys. It's everybody pulling together and ministering to these kids. And we went into some homes, and one child, uh, that's not here now, wait until they left, but one child, we found out her her mother told us that her her sister, is that right? The grandmother was telling us that the, the, her daughter, the grandmother's daughter, was murdered a month ago. In this same family, either four or five have attempted suicide, and I, I didn't remember if it didn't succeed. Did any succeed, or was it just all attempts? Do you remember? It was all attempts. And these kids have to hear that and deal with it. And it was bothering this little girl so much she wanted to just stay in her mobile home and never come out. Ten years old, having to deal with this stuff. That's not the worst of it. I mean, it's just the things that they have to go through just to make it through each day. It makes our after-school programs worthwhile. It makes our Wednesday nights worthwhile. We had a great meeting at the mayor's office on Thursday. Heather and I got to attend that. And uh, there was a lady that was over, she was the national leader over food nutrition of the YMCA. The national leader was there. The regional leader of the YMCA, food for nutrition. The Hopkins County School System, people that's over their food along with the YMCA director, and they asked us, out of all the people they could have asked, they asked us to attend this meeting. She looked at us and said, Hopkins County is a model for the rest of the nation right now. Somebody say amen. I don't know if that does anything to you, but that makes me understand we're doing something. God is pleased with what you're doing and the efforts you put forth. A model to the rest of the nation to follow. Amen. Praise God. And I just thank God. We're, God has just placed us right in the middle of so many things. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. 1 Peter 5, 8 through 11 is where we're going to start today. Now, it won't be long today. Uh, but again, I thank you for being here, all the visitors. We hope you come back. Um, on the first Sunday night of August, by the way, we have a special speaker lined up. He was here with Teen Challenge a few months ago. He graduates this next weekend. He's coming to give his testimony on the first Sunday night of August. It's going to be an awesome time. Praise God. And he said this to me that night when he was here. He said, I think I have found the church I need to hook up with when I get out of Teen Challenge. How many is ready to welcome somebody in? Amen. That's been through it. Praise God. Father, we thank you for this word. Hey, God, we know it's anointed. We ask you right now, God, just to 
to be with us, God, anoint us as we preach your word, Father. God, anoint our hearts to receive it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. First Peter 5, 8 through 11. Brother Chris, if you'll read. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resists steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that suffering strengthened, said on you. How many feel that on this morning? How many knows where your faith is? How many knows where your faith How many really feel settled in the fact that you are a child of God this morning? Settled. Established. Amen. we got too many flaky people out there running to and fro. Don't have a clue who they are, what they're doing, or anything. But I thank God that we are a group of people that have Jesus Christ. And because we have Jesus Christ in our heart, we can be settled. We can be established. It's not my message this morning, but isn't it awesome to be settled and established in the Lord? Praise God. Know where your strength comes from. Well, I'm mad at the devil this morning. I'm mad at what the devil's doing to you and your family. I'm tired of the devil stealing your victory. I'm tired of the devil stealing your joy and your peace. And if I am your pastor, that means I am your shepherd. Somebody, And listen, I am a protective shepherd. As your shepherd, I will get in your business. As your shepherd, my responsibility, and I take it seriously, I will get in your business. Somebody say amen. If one of my sheep has gone astray, I want to know what's going on. You say, it's not your sheep, it's God. No, God placed me over some sheep. So you're at my responsibility. So when one goes astray, I want to know what's going on. So therefore, I'm going to find you and I'm going to get in your business. You may tell me to get out of your business. But I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. I'm mad at the devil. I'm mad at what he does to people. I love you guys so much. And, and when I see you go through things, and we've ministered to some this week that, that just seem what they will not hear the word of God. And it's not Gary dominating or putting a thumb on them or, or anything, but it's Gary speaking the word of God to them and they turn a deaf ear to it and they don't want to hear it because if they hear it they have to change some things but people are satisfied they'll come to me and say I'm miserable this is happening my life's falling apart and we tell them what to do we tell them how to do the things to, that will straighten their life out and they say no I would rather stay like I am just as like Pharaoh did when he hardened his heart and we won't go there but we've been teaching on it so much there are so many hearts out there they come crying when their family's falling apart, when their life is falling apart. But when you give them the instructions of what they need to do, they say, well, I don't know. Somebody say amen. If you don't like me pastoring like this, guys, all I can just tell you going down the street to the church of the frozen chosen.
Well, the church that has no spirit, only programs and only religious activities. Go attend that church where the pastor could care less about your problems. All they care about is the tithes that you put in the offering plate. Go on down there. But if you're going to be here, go to know that I love you. And I'm going to be in your business. And I'm going to call and I'm going to check on you. If it takes us going, me and Sammy went out knocking on doors this week. God and I got to go in some homes. If it takes us, we got to do more of that, church. We're going to get in your business. We love you. We love you. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm mad at the devil. I'm mad at the spirit of suicide and the spirit of perversion and the spirit of divorce. I'm mad at it. I'm mad at the devil, that spirit that keeps you from coming to a prayer meeting. We call it a prayer meeting. I'm mad that the devil can get you thinking about everything else but prayer. Not all of us can attend everything, but you know when something is called, if there's a revival service and all of your hands went up last week said, I'm ready for revival, then we call a prayer meeting. We had three show up. I'm mad at the devil that keeps us from doing these things. You may have had a great reason not to be here. I'm not preaching you down. I'm not, sh- I'm not wanting to hurt you. I'm just saying that if you can make it to these things, don't let the devil keep you from doing it. Somebody say amen. I'm mad at the devil. But I thank God for a church that loves kids so much. And over 30 adults were here Thursday and Friday night and saw all day Saturday ministering to these kids that you saw up here this morning. I thank God for that. You guys, like I think Carol said it a while ago, we better be mad with you. How many's mad at the devil this morning? This is a year... And it's been said so many times this year. This is a year of demarcification. It's going to define by the end of this year in this church, and I think a lot of other places, it's going to define who is on the Lord's side. I said this year is going to define who is on the Lord's side, and a lot of times it's in this church. Because God spoke to me at the first month this year in January and said these words after Brother Rick had said this was definitely a year of demarcification. God spoke to me and said, Don't worry about your church. Don't worry the faces that you see right now. You may not see all of those faces at the end of the year. Your church may not look the same at the end of the year as it does at the first of the year, but don't fret and don't worry. I've got this. And God spoke to my heart clear about that. And I don't know if you've noticed, but we've got a lot of new faces around here. And we're only halfway through the year. God's sending workers. God's sending people to minister. God is sending people. I'm telling you, our church as a whole will not look the same at the end of this year. Not only just in faces, but God is saying this to this church. It's going to be a more mature church than ever at the end of this year. A more spiritual church. You say, well, I thought we were pretty spiritual. We are. And I thank God for that. But we haven't even scratched the surface, Brother Bill, what God has for us in this church, in this body of people. We have new families coming in. We thank God for those. This church is becoming a bunch of faith-filled, crazy, fanatical Christians. Glad to be one. Say it louder. Yes. One of those people. You're... 
You're one of those people. Glad to be one of those people. Crazy, fanatical, radical. Absolutely. <laughs> Praise God. Mm. The devil has convinced some that we must beg God. God is not a God that we must go and beg all the time. And it's time to get mad and to say to the devil, you know, this is my body. Devil, get out of it. This is my family. Devil, you have no right here. This is my church family. Devil, get your hand off of them. It's time that we stand up and stand in the gap. It's time that you get mad with me. Amen? Praise God. I want you to do this with your hand. I want you to just draw a big imaginary circle. Imaginary circle. We're, we're drawing the bloodline of Jesus Christ. Imaginary circle. The spiritual bloodline. And we're saying, devil, you can't touch what's inside this circle. Now, you put in that circle you want to be in there, but you draw that circle around there. You tell the devil, devil, I'm mad at you. Get out of my circle. You have no right being here. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Everybody knows that the devil is out to destroy us. Turn to 2 Samuel real quick. One illustration. 2 Samuel 23, 11 through 12. And go ahead, Brother Chris. And after him was Shammah, son of Aji, the Herite. And the Philistines were gathered together into a troop, which was a piece of ground full of lentils. And the people fled from the Philistines. But he stood in the midst of the ground and defended it and slew the Philistines, and the Lord wrought a great victory. Shammah was, what was taking place here was there's a little piece of land he was in charge of. It was his piece of land. And they would print, plant what they call lentils, which is peas. Everybody say peas. They would plant this pea crop, and, and the Philistines would come over the hill and they'd take it. They would rob them. They would say, oh, we want it. And they took it from them. Time, time, and time again until, we're going to read that again, the last verse. They came one more time, and this is what Shammah did. But he stood in the midst of the ground and defended it and slew the Philistine, and the Lord brought a great victory. He let victory. them come in time and time again. They took his Caesar crops. But one day he got mad enough that he stood his ground. And when he got mad enough to stand his ground, God honored it and gave him a great victory. Somebody say amen. When you get mad enough, the piece of ground that you've been committed to, your family, your church family, the piece of ground you are around, when you get mad enough, when the devil keeps attacking that piece of ground and stealing from you, you get mad enough, God's going to honor your faith and he's going to fight for you. Somebody say amen. The circumstances may look like they're going to overtake you, but I'm telling you right now, you can be like Shammah, and you can protect your ground and tell the devil, get out of your land. Somebody say amen. You tell the devil, get my pea crop today. <laughs> my lentils or whatever. You're not going to get my family today. You've got to get mad and tell the devil, enough is enough. Verse 8. Read verse 8 again of Saint First Peter. Five and eight, if you would.
Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Now I want to tell you who we're supposed to be mad at real quick today. It's the devil. And he is real. And he is loose on this. They say amen. He is roaming to and fro, seeking. He's being. You can hear his roar everywhere. No matter who you are, Satan's roar will convince you sometimes and, and sometimes intimidate you. Satan's roar is loud. Somebody say it's loud. Has anybody ever heard Satan roaring in your ear? Satan will put fear and terror in the ear that will hear him, into the mind that will meditate on him, into the heart that will allow him to camp out there. Somebody say amen. Satan knows where you are. Satan knows how to get to you. Satan was kicked out of heaven. Satan was kicked to earth. Satan has domain. He is prince of the airwaves here. We're dealing with a dangerous character here. Somebody say amen. And he has a loud roar. Satan will roar until you hear him, and sometimes he intimidates you. Satan's greatest weapon is his war. Roar. His roar appears to the nature of man who desires to do evil. We entertain his roar sometimes. We, we say, come on, I, I'm, I'm entertaining that roar. Satan's intent is to roar so loud in your ear that it drowns out the sound of the voice of God to make the Holy Spirit that's wooing you not to be heard. Let me say that again. Satan's intent to roar so, is, is it to roar so loud in your ear that it drowns out the sound of the voice of God to make the Holy Spirit that is wooing you not be heard. Can I tell you there's a Holy Spirit that's, that's after you. The Holy Ghost is pulling you. Trying to minister to you. And sometimes Satan roars so loud we can't hear. Satan roars at work. Satan roars at school. Satan roars at home. Satan even roars right here at church. Some don't realize it, but he's roaring in your ear right now, getting your mind off of this sermon. Think about it. Some of y'all thinking about something else. His roar is out. The lion's roar is the signal that he is king of the jungle. Satan's trying to convince that he is king. His roar is meant to, to put fear into all that hear him. They know he's hungry and they're coming, he's coming after them. His roar is to scare anyone that may interfere with the devouring of his prey. Satan's roar, he roars about the economic condition of our country. Strikes fear into those that will hear him. How many's worried and been worried about going on in the stock market and happened and happening across our country? If you live in this country and if you like money at all, Satan knows how to put fear on you and in you. Satan gets us expecting the worst. Often that's what we get because we're expecting it. Satan roars and we panic sometimes. Satan roars and, and a big snowstorm starts coming and you can't get in the marketplace to get a loaf of bread and a gallon of milk because Satan has roared and we're scared to death. You can say whatever, but I remember the, one of the last snowstorms we had, we had to call off church. I came out here to check something at the church, make sure we had heat going on. And when I did, I saw half of our church at marketplace. I'm thinking it's just a quarter of a mile. We could have had church. But Satan roared and we all panicked. We got it. We got to call everything off. 
Some of you was there. You saw me. You know who I'm talking to. We panic because our oil supply is in danger of being cut off because of what's happening over the Middle East. And I tell you, God's in control of the oil supply this morning. Satan roars and people turn to other things other than God. And I found that out this week in, in families that are going through things. And, they, and Satan has roared in their family, but they, yet they turn to other things other than turning to God. When we tell them what to do and how to turn to God, they want to go the other direction for some reason. Satan's roar has got them messed up. Satan roars and we act like we must do everything we possibly can to have a good time today because tomorrow may not be here. We've got it a little bit backwards. If Satan's roaring and convincing you that tomorrow's the end of the world's coming, don't you think we'd be running to God instead of to those other things? When you turn the news on, you see Israel, everything that's happening over there, and it's signaling us that the return of Christ is soon. Shouldn't we be running closer to God? Somebody say amen to that. Amen. Satan roars when we believe the negative. We, 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 he roars, lose our job. He roars, we're going to lose our family. He roars, something devastating is getting ready to happen to us. And you start talking negative. That's when we must start meditating on good things. Somebody say amen. We must like his roar. Some people do because we invite him into our homes through the movies that we watch. Oh, I've got to say that again. We must like his roar because we entertain him. We invite him into our homes through the movies that we turn on. We invite him into our homes through the music that we listen to. We invite him into our homes with what we're doing and playing on the Internet. So we must like his roar. Went to... to pray over a home one time and they said would you please come and anoint our house we're having all kinds of problems sure I will and when I walked in I saw the most ungodly games that they were playing in the video system I saw the most ungodly movies that were stacked up there and I said the first thing you got to do is clean house the first thing you do is clean house I think that's why I don't get invited to a lot of your houses for dinner sometimes of what I might see in your living room. Can I tell you, just rest assured, if you invite me to dinner and we have a night of fellowship, I'm still going to get in your business. Amen. Praise God. Go home and do inventory. See what you need to get rid of. I may come knocking tomorrow. Sammy and I, we're on a mission. We're going to visit a lot of homes. What do you think, John? Come here, John, real quick. Real quick. You felt, when we, it was awesome the other night. Get the microphone. From, just tell him what you felt. We don't have names or anything or where we went, but just tell him what you felt. overwhelmed with need um, this lady proceeded in telling us she doesn't get out much she's a uh, somewhat handicapped I guess you'd say yeah she's had multiple strokes and uh, we actually had to help her fill out the paperwork for what we were doing and uh, I mean we were just overwhelmed with the need of love showing this lady 
I was sitting over there thinking when he was, I'd already told Billy that uh, next Sunday that there's no way we could probably get her in, in a church band, but uh, she made the comment of what it would mean uh, to her granddaughter or daughter one uh, for her to be able to come to church with her, but there's no way we could get her in a church band, so we're probably going to try to get her in my band, you know, in a smaller band to get her here, but, uh, you know, after Brother Gary was talking that, you know, maybe we need to, exactly what we were talking about doing is taking the church to these people, you know. Maybe earlier before service, a group of us getting together, partnering up, and maybe going out to different homes and, and you know, taking the church to them. But I I hadn't really ever done, you know, done this much. And I tell you what, I, I feel like that's what I need to be doing. I really enjoyed it. And I know we, we both did. God just really hit my heart, you know, about doing that, and uh, if, uh, if I can get somebody to take over the band ministry, maybe there, so. <laughs> had to put that plug, yeah, had to put that plug in there, he is looking for somebody to give him a little bit of break on the band ministry, he's got a lot going on, but if you feel like you can do that to help him, that's awesome, we want to put the right person on that band ministry, but he felt that heart tug, man, he, he, we left that place, and I looked at him, he looked at me, and I said, we need to do this more, and he said, I know we do. We were able to bless that family and another family with several pairs of new shoes. Somebody say amen. That they needed. Amen. Not us blessing. We were the channel. Actually, it was a business in town that was blessing them. They channeled it through us. They said, go find me some people that need some kids. I mean, need some shoes. And we knew people that needed them. So thank God for business leaders that will come to the forefront and say, oh, I'm going to do what I need to do. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Satan roars and you think everybody else is being blessed and you've been left out and you think it's so unfair sometimes. Has anybody ever drove past a house and you know they're leaving, living like heathen dogs and they got a brand new car and the house looks like it's a millet and they got everything going, every toy possible that an adult could possibly have out there sitting in the driveway and you're one, man, I pay my tithes and look at that. I, they don't live for God and look what's happening. The devil likes to put that thought in your mind. And I tell you what, every time that's ever happened to me, and I thought, man, look, something happened in that person's family, and it was devastated, and I was still at peace and had in my heart. I had more than what I was looking at, much more. And you do, if you have Jesus Christ in your heart. But Satan likes to roar and tell you a bunch of lies. Somebody say amen. Satan roars, tells you that he can't, that you can't make it, that you, you're not good enough, and that, that you can't get all your sins forgiven. Can I tell you that's a lie? Amen. Satan roars and tells you that God doesn't care about you and, and the church and this God stuff is not real. I don't know if you've been here this morning, if you were really tuned in, but when that little girl stood up and said, my God is real, and started singing our God, our God is powerful, our God is real, our God is awesome, and she knew it word for word for word, and she had her hands up. That's when I know it's real. Somebody say amen. Wasn't no faking going on. Satan roars and scares some people, even Christians, some bad, that they can't even think straight. Because they can't think straight, they become easy prey to Satan. Satan roars, and, and the first thing we want to do is separate ourselves from church, from God's people. We want to separate. We want to, we want to pull back. If Satan can get you isolated and get you away from the herd, get you away from the congregation, get you away from the church, he's got you. He can take you out if he gets you alone. 
That's why it's so important that we hook up together. There's a scripture in the Bible that says one can put a thousand to fly, two can put how many? Ten thousand to fly. It was the other day when I was having to deal with something and we was having trouble ministering to this family and it needed a lot of wisdom and I needed protection because it was dragging me down. I was being frustrated. I was being aggravated, Ricky. I was, I was at a place I didn't know what to do. So I got on the phone and I texted several of my brothers and I said, cover me in prayer. That's all I put out there. Cover me in prayer. And things got better almost instantly. Now, the, thing, the situation hasn't changed, but what did change was my frustration, my aggravations. Still can't love them, but I was reaching a place of very being very frustrated. Anybody ever been there where you wanted to help somebody and they wouldn't let you help them? Amen. Frustrated, aggravated, but that spirit left when my brother started praying with me. So I've been as a pastor to surround myself with a lot of people because that's how we do everything we do. We've got, it takes everybody doing it. I'm smart enough as a pastor when I'm having a bad day, Randall, to get on the phone and text you and say, pray for me. You say, well, Brother Gary, that shows a sign of weakness. No, it doesn't. No, 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 no. It shows I'm smart. Amen. When I need help, I need help. Praise God. Satan likes to sneak up and attack us from the back. But we're not ignorant of his devices. Second Corinthians 2 and 11 says we're not ignorant of Satan's devices. Satan roars and tells you he's going to run to God and tattle on you for everything you do. But 1 John 2 and 1 says this. 1 John 2 and 1. My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He can't tattle on you. Your lawyer is Jesus. Somebody say amen. You may mess up. How many sinned this week? How many knows you messed up? You did something silly, stupid, or whatever. You messed up. And the devil will come and get in your ear and say, you don't deserve to be calling yourself a Christian. Look at you. That's when you've got to quote the scripture to him. 1 John 2 1. Listen. I may sin, but I have an advocate with the Father. I have a lawyer that's going before me. He's taking care of the thing. When I say, Lord, forgive me, my lawyer takes it to, to the judge. And the judge says, I'm wiping it clean. Satan has no business getting in your business and telling you and tattling on you. All you got to do is say, you can tattle all you want to. They're not going to listen to you. God's not going to listen to you. Tattle. My lawyer's going to take you out. Amen. Jesus' blood he shed on the cross for us makes all of Satan's accusations null and void, no good anymore. Somebody say amen. Nevertheless, today, as verse 8 says, sober, vigilant, and watchful, because Satan will not stop trying to take you out. Somebody say amen. Sober, vigilant, and watchful. John 10 and 10 says Satan is out to steal. He wants to steal the joy from you. He wants to kill your testimony. He wants to destroy your faith. So careful, be watchful to his tricks. Don't be swayed by roaring. Somebody say amen. Amen. There's another roar that we need to listen to. There's another lion. There's another lion of the tribe of Judah. And his roar is much greater than Satan's roar. Oh, y'all don't believe that? 
My God's roar is greater than Satan's roar. Somebody say hallelujah. Amen. The, the roar of the lion of the tribe of Judah, Revelation 5 and 5 says, And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. Jesus, the lion of the tribe of Judah, made one great roar for us when he hung on the cross. Somebody say amen. The greatest roar in history or ever to be was when Jesus said on the cross, It is finished. Uh, at that moment, the power of the devil, the adversary, was broken. At that moment, all fear, doubt, and frustration and confusion was placed under his feet. Somebody say amen. Jesus is not impressed or intimidated by Satan's roars of lies and intimidation. Amos 1 and 2 says, And he said, The Lord will roar from Zion. The Lord will what? Roar, roar from, Zion. from Zion. When the lion of the tribe of Judah roars, all of creation will tremble. Somebody say amen. Demons will run in fear. Satan comes down in terror, for God is in control of everything. He, he, he cowers down in terror. Satan will cower down in just like a, somebody with, like a little whip pup because there's a greater roar taking place. Somebody say amen. And when God roars, all heaven comes to attention. Demons tremble and shake. When God roars, sickness has to leave. When God roars, the grip of poverty has to let go. When God roars, all addictions that you're facing have to be broken. When God roars, love comes forth like never before. When God roars, forgiveness abounds. When God roars, our sins are forgiven. Hallelujah. When God roars, which roar are you listening to today? Whose side are you on? Verse 8 again says, Be sober and vigilant and watchful, not only for the devil and his schemes, but more important for Jesus who is reaching for you. Be sober and vigilant of what Satan is doing, but be sober and vigilant of what God's trying to do. Somebody say amen. Get your spiritual ear in tune with what God is doing. Don't be listening to that roar of slewfoot Satan. The gazelle is one of animals lion loves to devour. The lion wakes up realizing how fast that gazelle is. He's fast. But the lion wakes up every morning realizing that he must run faster than the slowest gazelle. Think about that. And then he also has to run faster than the fastest lion that's chasing the gazelle. If he doesn't, he's going to starve. We must hit the floor running. Somebody say amen. We must hit the floor running to Jesus. We must hit the floor with a roar that tells the devil, get out of our life. The devil would love to paralyze you and keep you in your seat. The devil would love to paralyze you and keep you just hanging back at your house. But I don't want you to tell you it's time that we get up and we start running towards God. We run to heaven. We run to the prize. We run to the world we, that needs us. We run for our life. We run simply to Jesus this morning. The lion of the tribe of Judah. Somebody say amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Woo!
What roar are you listening to? What roar are you listening to? I started by saying I'm mad at the devil and I am mad at the devil. You say I'm mad at the devil and I have a smile on my face while I'm saying it because I know that when I say it, God's got my back. Somebody say amen. Some of the guys, when I texted them the other day, all they did, they texted me back and said, I got your back, brother. I got your back, brother. I got your back. Praise God for a bunch of men that will get linked together and women that will link together and have each other's back. But even if they didn't text me back, my God had my back. Somebody say amen. What roar are you listening to? Stand to your feet if you would this morning. Amen. Wild for Jesus. What a theme from a Bible school. Wild for Jesus. The sounds of the jungle scare us sometimes, but don't be intimidated. Listen for the sounds from heaven. Name. Every head bowed and every eye closed, more if you would.